The Daniel White Show is proudly sponsored by Hybrid Coffee. And when we say we're proud, we're really, really proud. Because not only does Hybrid Coffee specialize in cold brew that's less bitter and has more antioxidants, twice the caffeine, and lower sugar than your average cup of joe, every can you purchase helps support families that make the coffee industry possible. That means giving back to 3,600 members across 65,000 acres of Colombian coffee farms to help them achieve greater profitability with less environmental impact on the planet. So don't just drink cold brew, drink high brew. Go to www.highbrewcoffee.com, use promo code DWBREW20 for 20% off your order of a 12 pack and get cold brew that doesn't taste better, but does better. Ship directly to your door. Test your mic for me. Just give it testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing okay. one, two. Testing one, two, three, five. Testing, testing, testing. Yeah, we're good. The Daniel White Show. And we have the amazing wonderful patient <laughs> katie marshall in here what is going on katie i'm so excited to see you it's I'm so funny that we're neighbors but now we're at this place where i moved and now you're here it's just very funny yes and people i'll, I'll, I'll take blame for that <laughs> when i moved in katie was i guess you were kind of on your way out but yeah. there was plenty of time for you to interview when she was literally <laughs> right beside me next door and i think my equipment messed up one time and then I, my bad time management and this life happened. So I'm in Durham. Happened. Now we're here. <laughs> Welcome. Katie threatened me and was like, yo, if you don't get this interview done, <laughs> you're coming to Durham because I was right beside you. No, she just said that. <laughs> but no, Katie is a presentation coach. Yes. I think that is an amazing thing. I think uh, we'll learn a lot from this interview and talk about how speech, everything about speech and yeah. what you do, why is it important for all of us to kind of know how that works because we all talk y'all you know need to learn how to speak well i think and i think you do a good job at that so thank you i thought thank you'd be you a so great much. addition to the show and her new little kitty is here with us hanging out with us Zuko is the star of every show zuko, so, zuko like zuko. Uh, from avatar oh yes uh, prince zuko of unquestionable honor so he's currently in season one stage where he's still chasing after the avatar <laughs> but we have high hopes for who he grows into <laughs> yes yeah, so zuko's here with me if you're a guest spot that's from zuko <laughs> I'm um, just playing around. But yeah, so we have, uh, of course, the icebreaker. And Katie's already has the, the reflection cards. Yes. Um, so you're going to pick a card from there, any okay. card you want, and you're going to read it, and we're both going to answer it. Perfect. Honestly. And we have to answer honestly. That's the key. Um, yes. All right. Well, yes. I did pick this one based on aesthetics, so we'll see. Okay. So the question is, what is something you wanted for a long time, but once you acquired it, it wasn't as useful as you initially expected? Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. something that you wanted for a long time, but once you got it, it wasn't as useful? I think that word useful is really important in this question because yes. it's sort of like initially I want to be like, oh, there's a thing I, I wanted and then I got it and it didn't make me happy, but they're saying it wasn't as useful. So that's oh, hit that a specific nerve. That is a really good <laughs> question. We can take a minute to think. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, and there's gonna be light jazz playing in the background of this, so don't take your time. Take your time. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got it. You think you have it? Yeah. Okay. No you rush. go ahead. Okay. And I'll, and I'll, yes. Okay. <laughs> So something that I do, I'm not the only one, especially in quarantine, who does this. Uh, Instagram has really targeted my specific tastes in everything, like clothing to hobbies. It's so disgusting how well they know me. And I keep buying stuff that I don't need. And it takes forever. It's like three months to get to your house and you to the point where you've ordered. Um, I recently tried to become a jumpsuit person, which is becoming a thing. 
<laughs> you know, it's like a whole a whole outfit in one in one go. And I bought you know all these jumpsuits. I was so excited, and then they got here, and they were like paper thin and so small and they were just now they're on the floor of my closet because i have to go donate them to someone who can maybe fit in them a child perhaps a toddler i don't know oh my but yeah God. so that's that's something that i got and i was so excited like i thought about it like i had daydream sequences in my head of like me wearing them like to a cool thing yes and um it, I, they got here and i was like that was such a regretful decision that i made Wow. So that's me. I'm, a, I'm an okay. Instagram ad shopper, and that is just one of many <laughs> examples of things I got that was not useful and I never wore. That is amazing. <laughs> so the jumpsuits are somewhere lost in the... You're giving them away? Not yet, but I need to. You know, I even still put them on, and I was like, maybe if I got them tailored, but, like, to what end? Like, oh. they're just... No, it's garbage. The internet got Katie. It gets all of us. <laughs> Truly. It does. You scroll through, I could definitely use that. I, yeah. Um, believe it or not, as a photographer, this probably makes no sense, but I was thinking like really hard for this question. I was like, wait a minute, duh, I tripod. I literally never, for a long time, I was a landscape photographer when I first started. And of course I thought you needed a tripod, you know, for the whole time I was setting up for this tripod when I was uh, in college and all that. And I got to the point where I got the tripod. I literally never used it. Yeah. Is not saying it wasn't useful. It wasn't useful to me because I just like holding my camera. So that's probably like. The biggest thing for me, I was like, what in the world? No, but definitely a tripod. I literally never use a tripod. It's so funny how it's the most obvious thing in front of you that you can't hit when you're trying to find the answer. And that's something that I work with people a lot on in coaching. It, it's such an obvious answer. You're like, duh, right here. Right but you think me. there's like some elusive, like beautiful answer out there. It's just right in front of you. Yes. The whole thing. It's jumpsuits and tripods. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> a band that I would listen to. <laughs> That's a really good band. I would yes. To to that oh band. my god. I now have to make a band called Jump. This me and Katie. It's just us. We'll figure it out during quarantine. We will have to reschedule a lot of shows, but they will be worth the wait. That's yes, important. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, this is so great. So yeah, that was that question. That was a good question. That was a really good question. It makes you think. Yes. Okay. So that was an icebreaker. And I'm gonna move into the juice of this. So excited. Ooh. So exciting. The presentation coach at Sportinaire, mm. Katie Marshall's in the house. <laughs> Let's jump into it. Delightful. So, yes, tell us, before we go into what you're doing now, sure. so tell us, guide us through the road, how you made the decision to be a presentation coach. Oh, guide us through the road. That's that's a big one. First, I think it's important that a lot of us who are going after passion-infused work, meaning, mm. like, I love this thing, I have to turn it into work, I think a lot of us have, doing that, have been doing that thing for a lot longer than we thought. For me, I was always really talkative as a kid, and I was one of those kids that was told, you know, hey, you're a natural speaker, which is one of the worst things I think you can tell a kid, especially of our generation. So I was like, not only am I special, it's just built in, and I don't have to work on it. Like, we're done. Lock it up. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) I'm set. And what would happen is I would get up to do these presentations from, like, you know, middle school to, like, my early career without practicing, and then, like, I would mess up, and I would just be in anguish because I thought it was a personality trait. Like, I am a speaker. Oh, yeah. So so I'm not going to work on this. And unfortunately, sometimes I would hit the mark, and I would still be really good without practice, and then those times would inform this other deep-seated thought that uh, I was just good at this no matter what. Yeah. And then, fortunately, somewhere in my early career, um, two really cool things happened. The first is that I applied to be a TEDx speaker for TEDx Greensboro yes. for their first round. Um, and a very like quick fun fact is that it was their first go. It was the first TEDx Greensboro. And I was 23 and they told me it was going to be really competitive and they wanted people who had already accomplished things, which I had kind of, but not a lot. And uh, I thought, well, if it's going to be competitive, then I'll be competitive. And so I had like 16 people nominate me. what you're not supposed to do you're not supposed to do i filled out the form and just gave it to my friends i was like please submit this on my behalf like i will buy you beers please just dominate (laughs) i need to get into this i need to get into this this is my this is going to change my life and truly it did but also i remember when they did call me to say that i got it they were like sort of hesitant because they were so annoyed which i would be yeah they were like yeah "Yeah, so we we do want to offer you a spot we did get all 16 of your nominations. Oh, yeah. So you were just like, uh. Yeah, I was like, I really want this. And so I think my inner athlete came out and I was like, well, if you want me to be competitive, like everyone agrees I should be speaking at your event. See you there. So I so I was a TEDx speaker and then that informed other people that I was a speaker now because I had done this thing. Yes. And then at work, uh, they asked me to start doing employee trainings. 
which is awesome. And at the employee training, I got some feedback, which was that uh, I not only wasn't explaining myself clearly, but I was honestly like speaking poorly. I was rushing. Yeah, like it was really negative feedback. And it was the first time anyone had ever not, I think it was on it. That is so spoiled, but I think it was probably when the first time someone was like, (laughs) you might be bad at this. (laughs) Yes. Because I, you know, I thought I was like, Jordan walking up to the three-point line every time and um just like every time yeah it was just like net net nothing but net like even with a fever and food poisoning and this one was like seriously I don't know what you're talking about like I can't follow you you're making weird jokes you're talking so fast and it like my ego shattered which was important yes you need that and with passion with your passions you need that you need that you need someone to be like hey you might not be what you think you are. So that happened. Those are the two pivotal moments. From that, I started leading employee trainings whenever I could, and I became obsessed with it. And I did a lot of cool things at my corporate job where I was working in communications. Mm-hmm. What they wanted to do was just write news items and like help with this really big global event. And what I wanted to do was to train and, and facilitate and coach. And it became pretty clear over the years that that was not my job. Mm-hmm. 2016 came. And there was this rumbling that Donald Trump might be the Republican nominee. And something struck a chord in me that thought, if he wins, and should the world end in mm-hmm. that decision, I can't go out in this cubicle not doing this thing that I'm in love with. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't. Like, after all these, you know, battles of my early 20s and becoming who I was, I just couldn't see myself staying there if the world was going to go down. Right. So I just finally, I'd been wanting to leave, but that hit like a certain inspiration and so I just one day uh, they wanted me to do this project I didn't want to do and I told them no and they told me I wasn't allowed to say no and I said I think I'm done here <laughs> and which is <laughs> which is such a tired thing to say like that is not you know I I coach people to not do that but I also coach people to be authentic so what are you gonna do very um, true very true very passionate or very compassionately my boss gave me about two months to figure it out. And in that time, I hodgepodge a couple odd jobs together. And so I, I left a really comfortable, benefit-laden corporate job. Mm. Kudos. Which, thank you. still makes me puke a little bit to think that, <laughs> like I had dental. It was so dope. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, so scary. Oh, so scary. Really scary. I don't say this like, and then I, you know. And then, then I, I just casually this, left. No, I was terrified. And yeah. I didn't have a good answer for when people said, what are you going to do? And that was probably one of the harder things because mm. people want to know, where are you going to? You're going to leave this job? Where are you going? And I was like, oh, blah, blah, I see ya. And I just didn't really say goodbye. Um, I just kind of left and um, I started to put it together and I started picking up odd jobs to fund the parts of my business that weren't there yet. Um, you know, I worked at a coffee shop. I worked as a catering waitress. Really wild to be a catering waitress because I was waitressing for events that I used to go to at my job. Really? Yeah. It was, what? It was wild. Yeah, and I, I would like see people I used to work with and like, jet really quick. It was <laughs> they, so they, weird. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, "Hey, is this what you do now?" And I'd be like, mm. "No, uh, no." Right. Because again, I didn't have a good answer. I wasn't like, "I am going to become a presentation coach. I'm going to work with." entrepreneurs, small business owners, uh, directors, senior leaders of corporate environments. I'm going to lead trainings. I didn't know all the stuff that I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I have to go towards it. And without any good answer, I just hid a lot and I figured it out. And then things just started to build. Like I, I think they do. And so now I'm, I've been doing it for about four years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's the, the long story. Thank you for letting me do that for so long. No, I want, I, I love, my favorite thing about that is why is you leaving, first of all, a job you didn't like that didn't meet the needs that you wanted. Yeah. Which is so hard where I, me, myself, I'm, I'm stuck in that little, that hurdle. It's hard. You know, of, I know what I want to do. Yeah. I need to just make the leap and you have to make the leap, make the leap mm-hmm. because of indirectly Donald Trump. Go figure. <laughs> very indirectly, thank you. Ugh, it was so weird. Very blah. Um, okay, cool. So you worked at catering, or yeah. odd jobs, all that, blah, blah, blah. So what led you to finally making your own business mm. and created that part? So got us through that, and we'll talk about the the benefits of knowing how to speak and kind of Please. what you do in your day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah. I realized in the leaving that a lot of the work I'd been doing was seed planting for my future without knowing it in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, a lot of us do this. So one of the things that I coach people towards is let's look backwards and see what you've already been doing and let's go back to that. 
Yes. I, I went to a couple different people. You know, I went back to my alma mater, UNCG. And I, I worked whoop, whoop. At, yeah, for real, go Spartans. And I, I worked at the Speaking Center, which was one of the first places I ever be a, a presentation coach as an undergrad. Mm-hmm. So I worked there. Uh, I went to a lot of the people who had led trainings that I had taken as an employee. And I said, I'm quitting. If you need anything, can I file your papers? Can I sweep your floors? Can I just be around this thing? <laughs> Something, please. <laughs> and for whatever, you know, just grace alone they were like actually we do need a new trainer and so i got to work with a couple different companies that i had used to take trainings with mm-hmm. and so i i worked with them uh and i just started to pick up one-off clients i will say the pricing of it at first of i think how, you, how much you're worth yeah oh, i think gosh. especially when you love what you do and you think it's a service and you want to yes. help people yes you're like you know i had one client who was like a, a 20 year old college dropout trying to build a, a clothing company and so her rate was just like whatever was in her pockets. It was like ten dollars wow. and a piece of gum, and I was like, "Yep, yes, that's good. I need money." Yeah, I was like, "That's fine." And I, I get to practice with you also, which yeah. you never want to tell someone, but that's what kind of what you're doing in the beginning. <laughs> they don't know that. Yeah, they don't know They're that. Getting fixed. <laughs> I know. I was like, I need to figure out how to do this thing anyway. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'd do that, and I would work with people one off. And I, I do fully believe in the referral method. Yes. Like, we work together. You were into it. Next time someone mentions it, they'll be like. I've got a guy. Yeah, I guess right. Yeah. So I just started to become a lot of people's like presentation guy, and I did a lot of um, free workshops for community organizations. And then again, yeah, people would see me and they'd be like, "Oh, she can do the thing that she talks about." Exactly. (laughs) Because sometimes they have to see it. Yeah, it's like, "Oh, you do what? Okay." Right, like with photography, they're like, "We'll see." Then they see your stuff, and they're like, "Yes." Literally all the time. That's That's the whole thing. How that thing works. Yeah. So wait, it's. You know, it's one thing to say you do it. It's another for someone to see you. Yeah. So I just got in front of as many people as I could, and I just started to build clients that way. And then I would have just a lot of different taps to pull from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the things I would always talk about came back to the same idea of being authentic when you speak. Yes. Versus um, being a natural, which I learned through life wasn't a thing. (laughs) And, (laughs) There's no such thing. There's no such thing. And I, I just maintain that if you see someone... And they seem like a natural storyteller. It's because they've been telling stories for their whole life. Yes. And they've refined it whether they knew they were refining it or not. Exactly. So I, I hold on to that. And I also wanted people to know that they didn't have to be perfect when they spoke mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Especially in the past four years that I've been working, we were seeing a lot of people speak up in ways that we would have never imagined. Uh, the kids from Parkland who were debating the NRA just based off of their high school debate experience. They weren't perfect, but they were heartfelt and they meant it. And that's what mattered yes. is that they got out at all. And I think what we're seeing a lot with the Black Lives Matter movement is a lot of people who have a lot to say and they just were doing it. Yeah. And there's no, you don't have to be perfect because you're the witness and you're the you're the conduit for the message and that's what matters. That's what matters, yeah. It doesn't matter. You're like, oh, I didn't use my gestures right. I don't care. Yeah, the Just message the was thing. there. We yes. felt it. You're passionate about it. We- yes. Yeah. I got really hype right there. So let me come back. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so a lot of what I worked with people on, whether it was leading a training, co-leading a training with another consultant, uh, speaking as a keynote speaker or working with people one-on-one was figuring out what's your thing, mm-hmm. what matters to you more than anything else mm-hmm. and how do you want to be perceived and how do you deliver naturally and let's put all that together so each speaker is different but i say that's that's exciting because everyone's different yeah. so everyone's it kind of keeps, keeps you on your toes yes yes yeah so just go back to these workshops i'm serious Please. so how did you put together these workshops how was the turnout <laughs> was it good bad give, uh, give us the it, give us a scoop it makes me feel a lot of um solidarity with local bands <laughs> like, do you remember when we used to like? Do you remember going places when we used to go places? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> I don't know. Going it, places. It's just, it, I keep watching movies and people going to bars, and I'm like crying. <laughs> you guys get to hug your friends when you see. Oh my god. What's hugging? <sighs> okay, so back when we could go places, singers with guitars would just play to bars with people that just like wouldn't listen, or to like five people, and they would still just go so hard. <laughs> yes. So there were some workshops where it was like me and three people, and I would just have to be like. Cool. Same energy. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. adapt. Like, okay, what's the benefit? So there's three of us. I get to work with you directly. Tell me your stuff. And mm-hmm. just like flip it. Everything is fine. Yes. Yes. Everything yes. is workable. Sometimes they were really cool and they would need 
um, you know, like I remember one of my favorite moments was one workshop needed to get a bigger room because there were too many people that signed up. Ooh. And I was said, oh my God, my ego was losing its mind. So sick. Yeah. I was just like, oh, do you need a bigger room? Like, that's fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do I need a microphone so they can all hear me? That's such a good feeling. Um, and then there's, again, there's somewhere was like one person I'd be like, cool. Same energy. And the workshops always focused on how do you find yourself and then how do you speak from that place and reminding people that there was no perfection. It didn't matter if you hit every cue mm -hmm. and if you messed up to keep going. Yeah. And those were all the things that I needed to hear. And that's why I taught them. Yes. And that's the place that I pull from a lot is what did I need when I was 24 and so confident, yes. but very scared I was going to be found out that imposter syndrome was real. So I was Ooh. constantly like, I just needed someone to be like, it's okay if you are whoever you are. Yes. Be that. And someone needs to hear you. Yes. I remember yes. people would ask crazy questions like how one person asked me in a presentation about authentic communication. He was like, how do you hit 100% of communication every time? You don't. Like you don't. I was like, get out of here. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing it wrong right now. I'm yeah. actively doing it wrong so I'm upset. Like, that's the thing. Yes. It's a yes. dynamic art and there's there's just no right because everyone's got a different style and taste and all that. that so that's mostly what nuts. I focus on. That's awesome. So and that was on the workshops and then mm -hmm. you went to the point where you're working with these businesses. So how are you mm -hmm. acquiring these clients? Again, a lot it's of it's... word of mouth. Yeah, it's word yeah, of mouth. Yeah. It's referral. And sometimes it's... <laughs> reaching out when you're not sure if they even want you and that's all yeah because cool. you obviously sometimes yeah. you're um what's the word where you just kind of dishing resumes out kind of like oh, yeah. there's a word for it but i can't think of it like, um cool. yeah i guess something like that where you like going to a business where yeah. it's like i don't know if you need this but yes yes exactly yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's um the idea is to not put pressure yeah ever and i do know that is a, a weird business tip is just to not force anyone to be like, you have to hire me. Or you're, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't use it to die, like that just doesn't pull anything. A lot of it's been referrals. And what I find is that if I get one, I can get two more because they'll tell their network and then it grows. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the main ones. And it's when it comes up in conversation over the year, I'm more confident in saying, this is what I do. Now that first year I was just like, if you like want something, I'll do whatever. I got $10, ten yeah. Yeah, I was like, that whatever you need. Ah. <laughs> and now I can very clearly communicate what I do. So a lot of it's through experience. Yes. And I know that coming up, you probably had a lot of doubts because oh, obviously yeah. unknown territory. So when was the point where you, okay, I'm in this. I got, I'm getting repeating clients. <sighs> I'm good. I'm comfortable. When did that hit? I remember it was, so let's see, I left my full-time job in August of 2016. And it was probably January 2017 when I felt like I am doing this thing. Yes. Because that was when I started to get my first uh, continual contract work through other training firms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was when, you know, I went on one training. I went on one training too. It was my first one with this company I'm so grateful for. And they took me to Michigan oh, in wow. January. <laughs> What in January? <laughs> so I put that. I was yeah, that. Wait, it was wait. Good, it was either Michigan or Minnesota, and I'm so embarrassed I can't remember. But it, yeah, they took me. They sent me out there, and it was my first time with them. And I remember them saying, like, seriously, like, dress warm. It's gonna be crazy. I was like, okay, whatever. Because <laughs> oh I don't, you know, I don't wear a coat now. I'm too old for that. But I don't wear a coat now. Katie's too old <laughs> to wear, wear a coat. coat. <laughs> That's like a little kid logic. I was like, I'm not going to ruin my outfit with a jacket. It's like, yeah, I look good. Like, yeah. I was like, it's a short walk. It was negative seven degrees. I think I was in a pencil skirt without tights and like a blazer. And I was just like, this was a bad call. Oh my God, are. Kate, are you serious? Dead serious. I bet they saw you. The locals were like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> this idiot. It's yeah. like, you're not from here. No, but I just, it was such a, um, in my mind, it's such a romanticized trip because it was my first one, like my big work trip. And yes. I was, I was out and I was talking to people about presentations and I was nervous, but I was in and they asked me to come back. And that's when I, that's when I knew is when they asked me to come back. You had a, oh yes. Mm -hmm. And you had a coat. Yeah. And I, well, probably wasn't in the winter time maybe, but no. Yeah. The, the, 
that company, uh, we did another date with them. So I didn't need a coat that time for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't have brought one. That is hilarious. <laughs> Katie's the best. No coat. But um, cool. So yeah, at that point, you're like, man, okay, cool. I'm in it. I'm good. Mm-hmm. They want me back. You know what I'm doing? Cool. Confidence up. Cool. For sure. So going forward, so yeah. how were you able to... What were your techniques of doing what you did? Like that, what do you think was so good that they wanted you back? The Daniel White Show is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. so well that they wanted me back <laughs> i guess you probably connected with everyone uh, very well uh, yeah <laughs> techniques i mean you know yeah i think that i if i were to look at myself myself you know when you look at yourself i don't know if you do this with your your art and your photography you can always pick out the stuff you did wrong absolutely so that's where my brain wants to go first but let's avoid that because that's not your question yeah i get really really excited when someone else hits their like authentic space, like mm-hmm. their flow state when they uh, were with their first presentation, but on their fourth practice round, they just kill it. I get so excited. And I think part of what people like is that I let myself get excited. So they let themselves get excited. Yes. Would yes. be, I think the the key, if I were to, if I were to diagnose it, I think it's that I love it enough that they let themselves love it. Okay. Okay, I see that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're very, I think you're, you're very intuitive. I mean, like, yeah, I, thank you. Like, I, if I was an entrepreneur and I was and I was seeing you do a work, like, yeah. yeah, I want her yeah. to teach my team. Yeah, what's up? Thank so, are, are you usually is it usually teams you're teaching or individuals at these? Lately, it's been individuals just because of you know COVID and yeah. Zoom. Yeah, I do a lot of teamwork in person, and the teamwork in person is so cool because they get feedback from me and then also the other people. Mm-hmm. And what I love, like love, is when someone's like, I'm a really bad speaker. I'm like, I bet that's going to be the best one in the room. Yes. And it's never it's never the person that's like, oh, I can do it, but I, you know, whatever. That false humility you can always smell. Mm-hmm. But it's the person that's like, seriously, I'm really not good at this. I really don't. And they take one big deep breath, hit it, and you're like, you're amazing! Ah! And you, whatever you're doing, just do that. And they get to hear from other people that it's hitting the notes they need to hit. So those are some of my, my favorite moments is when someone's like, yes. or, or my other favorite is when a client's like, oh, I'm really boring. I'm like, I bet you're not. Yes. What's the thing you're not telling me? And they're like, oh, I'm working on my pilot's license. I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. So that sounds great. Yeah. You're really cool. That's so, amazing. Yeah. That's some of the some stuff is when people underestimate how great they are. Wow. And it's cool. I guess you've seen their confidence built up. Yeah. Probably wants, it probably energizes you. You For know, sure. obviously you say you're like, yeah, she did it. We're doing great. <laughs> Right. So in relation to that, say to people who, what what are some common things that people need to unlearn with Ooh. speech? Because I want people to, I want people to, wow. because I myself, I know I need to help my speech, you know, so I'm trying to learn something too. So like what ways, yeah, what, what, what common thing, trends do you see with people mm. who need to unlearn or whatever? Okay. I love the idea of unlearning, first of all, because the entire process. Yes. A lot of us have have learned how to survive public speaking rather than enjoy it. Mm. Yes. I think that there's a couple thoughts around public speaking anxiety that I want us to unlearn. And the first is that if I'm anxious, I'm a bad speaker. Mm. That's just nonsense. Yes. Public speaking anxiety happens to everyone. It happens in varying degrees. Maybe you get used to it or maybe you get comfortable, but there's always some jolt of adrenaline that shows up. So the anxiety doesn't make you a bad speaker is the first one to unlearn. Right. The second is that if you can make it through your intro, which is about a minute and a half into your presentation, then you're going to be fine. Right. And then a third would be just really basic, boring stuff. I think a lot of us want like a cure answer and there isn't one. It's just you slowing down and breathing and letting yourself be in the moment rather than 
they all think I'm stupid. I'm going to fail. I'm going to mess up. Because a lot of where the public speaking anxiety comes from is this fear of loss of identity. Meaning, everyone on my team at work knows me as a competent, smart leader person. And they trust me and they believe in me. But if I get up and speak and I do it wrong, or if I mess up or if I'm nervous, they're going to no longer think of me that way. And mm -hmm. now I'm nervous guy on the team. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. it, it takes me back to college. Yes. Did something happen to you? What oh happens? my gosh. Well, I just, uh, I won't say anything particular, <laughs> but like, I just know that I just was a terrible speaker. Uh, super nervous, anxiety. For sure. People staring at you, like, yeah. you know, like straight up. So I'm just like, I'm just getting flashbacks to that right <laughs> it's now. It's happening to you right now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, keep, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so the, the anxiety is real. Public speaking is also a somatic experience, meaning it's full body. You're physically there, you're mentally there, you're emotionally there. And then people are watching you. Yeah. And then there's vulnerability at stake, because what if they think I suck after I'm done speaking? Yes. What if they don't like me anymore? What if I mumble or I say something weird yes. and then that's it? Yes. What if I'm doing something I don't know I'm doing, but everyone else is aware? Visiting or yeah, like, for sure. you're kind of like sweating yes. and around. Yeah, and yeah. especially in corporate environments, it's just such a fun fact. A lot of the, the corporate people I work with do a lot of like sports hand movements. Oh, like, like yeah. very like, I don't Yeah, know it's this. like a lot of like hitting their hands or like snapping or they're like, directing traffic always it's like you don't have to do all of that <laughs> but if it's your thing like we're gonna make it work but you don't have to <laughs> i think do you think that's because people just are bored just looking at them kind of stand there or they huh. kind of just want to project it comes from a couple of places the first is that when you're nervous physically you start to move because yes. the energy has to go somewhere yes so if you're nervous, it's going to come out in weird gestures. Yes. If you're into what you're saying, your gestures should align with your message. Right. And there shouldn't be any um, lack of continuity between yeah. like what you're saying and how your hands move. The other is that for whatever weird reason, we have told people that they use gestures too much when often they don't use them enough. Right. Because the gestures illustrate your point. If communication is broken out, it's 90% nonverbal and 10% verbal, meaning that your body communicates with the message. Right. And if we're telling people to stop use gestures, then we can't read it as well. So that's, it's like garbage advice of don't use gestures or that you use them too much. Then you're nervous, so they has to go somewhere. It's not aligning your movement with your message. Yes. And also it's lack of practice, which is the number one thing that I would have to say because I just, how many of us, and I was one too, I think this is why I, I feel validated in saying it, are like... I'm just a lot better when I wing it. and Really? You think so? I am not, but I hear that a lot. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's what you yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are like, I am just much better when I, when I go off the cuff or I don't practice or I don't prepare. And that is nonsense. And I used to buy into that as well. And what that really comes from is a fear of, of practice. Because if you practice and you have to feel that vulnerability first. Yes. You have to feel yourself saying it out loud and like what's working, what's not. But the more you practice, the more you take down your nerves because you're comfortable with it. Yes. So, I will say, going back to college, the yeah. ones I was nervous about the ones I didn't practice Me for. Me too. Um, yeah. But I had, and this is probably closer to um, uh, my, um, my milestones? What are the classes? Capstones. Yes. The capstone <laughs> classes where um, I had groups who were mm -hmm. like, nah, we're passing. I need to get on this. Like, yes. We're practicing. Practice a thousand times, almost felt robotic when we actually presented it. Yep. You, I guess it feels comfortable. I guess you yes. could say after practice. And I think something people don't utilize in college are the speaking centers. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Full yeah. Agree. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, agree. I don't know, winging it, some people, I guess some people can wing it. You know, people, yeah. Yeah, you know I, I wouldn't suggest it, not for a speech. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. I mean, I think I'm thinking like a Michelle Obama, the, oh, Barack. Yeah. They all practice those speeches. A bajillion times they have the right hands and all yes. that and that's all taught agreed you know and practice so yeah so with these hand gestures and because i'm curious is i didn't yeah. pray for this question at all when is are there techniques to that <laughs> like because i see it i go by i was like ah, then, yeah, yeah. yeah oh man there are techniques and i try to get people to not do them I okay feel very rogue <laughs> as a presentation coach like anytime you've read a like 10 ways to be a better speaker article. I just read those. and I'm like, let's do none of that. Cause it's okay. all because your brain registers. Like you're trying to do something. Here's what I mean. There's one specific that a lot of people in leadership positions use, and it's this power pyramid. And so what I'm doing is I'm connecting my hands by my fingertips and I'm making a triangle in front of myself. And you see this a lot of positions. 
And what they'll do is they'll put their two together in front of them because it's a really nice structured pose. Yes. And it lets me do something with my hands. Yes. And so what they'll do is they'll take their hands here and then they'll like point with the whole triangle <laughs> like this, like over here. Or they'll separate their hands and like one stays and then the other one does stuff like this. And I'm going to like welcome you to the parade and I'm going to bring you back in. And I'm going to use my other hand over here. And then maybe I might go like wide to show how big something is and then bring it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just one of those basic tools that I wish we would stop using because it registers something in your head that this is inauthentic. Yes. Versus if you just held your hands naturally in front of you, like my left hand is sort of like a boat and then mm -hmm. my right hand sits in it and yeah. they just kind of comfortably and I just hang out here and my, I let my arms relax. Yeah. I hold that in front of myself and then if I want to bring my hands up to gesture, I do. Yes. So the only issue with gestures is when they don't align with your message. Right. So if I'm just like waving my arms as I'm talking about something that has nothing to do with my arms. Yes. That's distracting. Right. And if I keep hitting my hand, that's distracting. Yes. It's like, what are you doing? Right. So I, I really like gestures. I'm a big fan of them. One of my favorite speakers is uh, Hasan Menhaj, who did Patriot Act. Which yes! They, which they just took off of Netflix, and I'm irate. So I, sick. It's so sick, and yeah. they just removed it from Netflix. Or they didn't remove it, but they canceled it. Really? They canceled it after six seasons. Trash. Agreed. I can't, it's like my personal vendetta. I cannot believe they took it off, because it's so good. Dude, Speaking of that, mm -hmm. I'm gonna cut you off. I, yeah, he does do that show very well. So good. And we, because I, I, I do sit and kind of monitor speech now, just because yeah. of just I want to get better at it. For so sure. I do sometimes I sit and I just kind of watch the just how they do and like he projects so well and he talks the perfect pace and all that and it's like oh my mm -hmm. gosh that's that's insane. He's amazing. Yeah. And one of the ongoing jokes of that show is that he used too many gestures and they had this bit where they he got feedback that he used a lot of gestures and so they like his arms and he still used like a lot of gestures and he still moved a lot and i think it's great because it's who he is wow yeah. cool way to practice I, yeah tiger if someone down. did yeah it's just like you know what just speak just you're speak. like oh no it's like oh my god no do you think it'll be effective um maybe depends on the person yeah if you're yeah. moving to if you're moving to a point where it's distracting yeah yeah it can like rein you in yeah. just think that whatever you need to do to make friends with your public speaking, nerves, energy. If it needs to come out as gestures, use it. Yes. The Again, the only time they're not good is when they don't match up with what you're saying. Yes. And to me, just like as a personal thing, if you're doing something that's so directly, obviously a tool mm -hmm. of presentations, mm -hmm. it to me, to me registers as inauthentic. It might just be something that you need to use to speak. Mm-hmm. But the goal is something that you said earlier, which is that, you know, like Michelle and Barack are just so comfortable because they speak all the time. Yes. So even if they're quote unquote winging it, they've been speaking all yes, week. Yes, technically it's not even winging it. Yeah, that's they just, just keep doing it. That's, they do it all the time. Yeah. 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 That's a good way. That's a good way to think about that. For actually. sure. So every time you speak is a time to practice. Yes. One of the things that everyone wants to work on is eliminating their vocal fillers, which is... Like a... Like Silly the, to me. Yeah, like the uhs, uhs, uhs uh, ums. Yeah. Like what else? What yes. other ones do um, you know? Um, like. Yes. Like, uh, mmm. <laughs> uhs, the, the one I'm, I'm terrible yes. at the uhs. Oh my gosh. It, it's wild. The uhs and the ums are actually how we know our brain is thinking. And they have been shown in some cases to demonstrate more intelligence than less because your brain is going to your mouth, mm. essentially. Yes, me. Yeah, for yes. sure. So your brain's going, and you're like, we have to slow down. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. For yeah. sure. Wild as well that we consider Brock one of our best speakers, and he is, and he is known for his vocal fillers. Yes. It's like an ongoing joke that he does the really long uh. <laughs> but he's still one of the best speakers, which yes, to does. which I stand behind. It doesn't matter if you do all the right things. If you have the message and the heart and you can connect with people, that's what we're really trying to get to. Yes. Absolutely. One of the ways to eliminate your vocal fillers is to think about them when you're hanging out with your friends, with your family, okay. with your coworkers, all the people you're comfortable with. Consider that you're allowed to use a vocal filler when you're hanging out with your friends. No one cares. Mm -hmm. But then we put you in front of people and you're nervous and you want to do a good job mm -hmm. and you want to hit a really specific message. You want to be well revered. And now you can't use this thing that's really comfortable to you. Yes. Practice it outside of your presentation life, and it'll come down in front of presentations. Really? Yeah. 
So you're saying practice that mm-hmm. just out of, just to a mirror, to a parent, to, to when you're in actual conversations and you hear yourself using a vocal filler, think, oh, okay, next I sentence see. I won't. So yeah. a normal conversation, yeah. okay, not necessarily that presentation, but just, yeah, just no. practice that. And yeah. I heard that, and obviously you can give your opinion, when mm-hmm. I was uh, in my capstone class, yeah. in speech class, to when you feel yourself getting ready to uh, just pause. Yes. Just 100%. Do, just don't, just get the thought. People are still... They're paying attention. You're good. You have their attention. Um, just, just don't say anything. Pause yeah. for a second, and then get your thought together. Then go. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We love a pause instead of a filler. Your listener is holding on to so much information as they're listening to you mm-hmm. that a pause will actually give them a mental break to hang out with their own thoughts before you go on to your next sentence. Yes. The other one, if you want to amplify that, is to pause. Then when you jump back into it, repeat the sentence you just said and then go on to your next one. So it's a review preview situation. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. You know what? I've heard a lot of that in sermons. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have. Yes. I mean, from everyone, <laughs> religious or not, like I grew up in that environment. Yeah. So I went to, obviously I went to a ton of sermons. Yeah. Growing up. And sometimes, whether you believe in successful or not, a lot of preachers are very good speakers. Mm-hmm. Like, they're excellent. And they do do that. I didn't realize that there was a term for that. Oh, yeah. Preview, preview. So we just talked about this. Now we're going to talk about this. Yes. Unless your brain know, like, we can check that box. Here's where we're going. Yes. And that gives you more time as a speaker Mm -hmm. to think, you know, what's next. And again, similar to even our our question at at the top of the show where we were trying to figure out, like, what our really amazing thing that we bought but never used was, Mm -hmm. the answers are usually pretty obvious. Yes. Meaning... That when you're speaking to a group, it's not about, can I dazzle you? Mm-hmm. It's just, what do you need to hear from me? How can I help you? And how do I hit that authentically in the way that I know how? Yes. Those those are your real guideposts. It's not, you know, you see some amazing speakers and you're like, oh, I could never do that. But they're just being themselves. Yes. So the, the question isn't, you know, what's the right way to speak? It's what's your way. Absolutely. I think another part, and this is related to me, and I have a lot of friends who do it as well. Yeah slowing down oh my gosh. mumbling yes. talking too fast do you yeah. have any ways to kind of come back because i want to hear that because i do that accidentally ah. all the time and people are like what what'd you say you know, yeah they're like oh i'm sorry that's like tell my brain to like yeah. you know so do you have any is it more the speaking fast or the mumbling that you get feedback on Ooh. <laughs> i probably mumbling oh mumbling i think that a lot of us are used to doing things very quickly, mm-hmm. which is why pausing in presentations is a bit of a gamble, especially at work, because if you pause for too long, you might have a coworker be like, can you, <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever gotten run over when you're speaking and someone's like, oh, I think what he means is blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I was pausing intentionally. So I do say if you're going to pause for a bit, just say something like, I need to take a pause. Let me think about that. Okay. And just oh, let them know what you're doing. Verbal cues. Okay, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. verbal cue yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's it's about being obvious. It's there's not a lot of there's nothing behind the curtain, just be who you are. Okay, when it comes to mumbling <laughs> <laughs> There's such a soft spot for it. I think that when we mumble it's because we're trying to organize our thought and there's a lot going on in your head and you don't want to impose in such a way that sometimes really direct speakers can. Yeah. And I think, so I have a softness for mumbling because I think it's someone who (laughs) wants to keep the harmony of the group, wants to just keep things flowing and like, if you hear me, whatever, I'm fine either way. Just happy to be here. (laughs) It's a real like friend. And I, to mumbling, I say it's more about the listener saying, hey, wait, can you hit me with that again? I didn't hear. I think that's more on your, on your company's part. But otherwise, if to be clear, it's just a practice and again, you can do it on things like when you make phone calls, when you talk to people that will have a low impact on your life, mm-hmm. practice in those sessions. Like when you're going through drive through you're like, I'm really going to do it this time Yes. versus mumbling. And I think you get to know your own voice. My other thought that I tell people is to think about a celebrity, an author, singer, performer that you really love Yes. and think, how would they speak? And then you imitate them. Oh, yeah. I like that. So you, you know, how would Michelle deliver that? You think like, oh, I'd have like really good posture. I'd have really good eye contact. Mm-hmm. And I would use minimal specific gestures yes. in a very pointed, but very comfortable way. Yes. And she does a good job of hitting different tones where she's like really direct. Here's a sentence. And also let me tell you a story about Barack. And you're like, wow, that's so nice. Yes. She hits different vibes. Yes. 
So think about who your favorite speakers are, start to emulate them. And what's cool is that you won't take anything from them because it's still going to be through you. I love that. Yeah. And it's actually, I heard, I heard is is a real thing. Um, mm. Brock usually speaks pretty slow. He does. He's a really slow speaker. Yeah, and I, I forgot where... <laughs> I don't know if I'm Michelle said that or was in her, but it was one thing that kind of, a, it's kind of a joke that people play. Like, he's, so he's so, so, but he articulates. He does. Which yes. is very effective, you know? So I'm, I, every time I'm thinking, I, I do think of that actually. Yes. And good. Like, okay. Let me, um, slow this do down. But yeah. that people also just like, I don't want people to think I'm slow. Like I don't yeah. want people to, you know, I, and we're in a very kind of fast paced, like I need yes. to get it out, you know? Yeah. I, Ooh, that fast paced thing. It hits such a nerve, especially with video calls. Yes. Which a lot of us are doing now. Yes. And the thing with video calls is that we think we need to go faster for longer. Mm -hmm. And it's so tiring. Mm -hmm. And Zoom fatigue is very real. Mm. When you're on a video call with someone, your brain sees another person and then it immediately registers that no one's there. Yes. So your brain's like clicking channels back and forth by the second. So tiring. Zoom calls are best when they're quicker. Or you acknowledge we're just going to hang out comfortably. Mm -hmm. like you have to set it. And so I think that the slower that you go and the more comfortable you are, what you get to then mirror is when someone else is speaking and they go really fast, you're like, no, you're good. Keep going. I'm listening. Yes. And you get to let them know and you get to set that tone together. But I fully, oh my God, everyone wants to go so much faster when they speak. No need. This is not like an Instagram reel. You get the full minute. You're fine. Yes. You're fine. Oh gosh. Mm. What, what is your, it just kind of popped into my head because hmm. I'm thinking about college. Um, what is your opinion on note cards? Do you think Ooh. those are effective? I Even think, in an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial <sighs> environment? I prefer to not have them because I like to be able to connect with people in the audience. Mm -hmm. And I am at a point where I would rather speak and be able to read who's in the group and change how I speak based off of the goals and the verbal cues I'm getting from them. Mm -hmm. If you have something that's really fact-based and you need to hit this point exactly, a lot of uh, commencement speeches use written out speeches. I've seen TED speakers use it, but it's not common. Mm. I don't have anything against it. And I do, from my perspective, I see someone with note cards really wanting to hit their mark. Yes. It, it, it Unfairly, it's just always going to look cooler if you don't have them. Yes. And that's what I was thinking too, is like yeah. just the way it looks. Because some yeah. people might think, oh, that doesn't really look like he knows what talking about, right. so he needs help. But really, it's an anxiety thing. Yeah, or, you're just super prepared. Yes, you want to make sure you have you hit your cues and your yeah. marks and all that kind of stuff. So I was just curious on what you thought about that. You know, I do your thing is what I say. My trick to that is when I lead a really long training, you know, when I've got like a two-hour workshop or something, I'll write out my game plan on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And I'll put the piece of paper like behind the podium or whatever, and I will speak for a while, and then I'll have the group do something. Yeah. I'm like, you guys talk to each other about what this means to you, and then I'll go back and like double check my paper and be like, okay, now we're here. Gotcha. So that's my that's my workarounds. What about for people who don't want to use note cards, mm -hmm. but they want to make sure? How do you keep the the markers in your head? Oh God. Like, uh, is there a really practice? Way? Okay, yeah, practice. practice your speeches. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. It's practice. Yeah. Um, also, I would. It's practice, and then find stuff that you like, and then do that. Mm -hmm. Meaning, in your presentation, put it with you know movie references that you love, do activities that you care about, d talk about things that matter to you because those are stored in you. Yes. If I were to lead a presentation on leadership and I were to reference baseball, I'd be kind of out of luck because I don't know enough mm, okay. to Not accurately. Like yeah. But if I were to, whenever I do reference martial arts in my trainings, I know it already because I've been doing it for, for seven, so I can yeah, reference yeah. it easily. Yeah. So I say load it with stuff that you care about. And then one thing that I did, which you don't ever have to do, is I used to make worksheets for people. And they would have these um, almost like caveman-like pictures. There'd be like two triangles and like a line and like a circle. And I, through the training, would write the lines on the shapes. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to keep the structure because it was just built into the shapes. So mm -hmm. I memorized it through those. Absolutely. Wow. So find what works for you yeah, no, and, and do it wrong and then do it better the next time. Right, right. So speaking it's of doing it wrong, oh, let's yeah. come back to how you are in your day-to-day -day life. <laughs> I, wanna, I want you to guide us to like what you do with, how do yeah. you help these people practice, oh, cool. especially virtually now or yeah. also in person when that was a thing. So obviously they're probably 
presenting in front of you and mm-hmm. you're critiquing. Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. They, there's a couple ways. When I've got some familiar clients, ones I've been working with for a couple of years, they might just want like a tune-up. Mm-hmm. And so they, I just ask them what they're working on. And then whichever one strikes a chord, we dive into that and we, I give them some options. You know, what if you told this kind of story? What if you reframed it this way? Mm. So we just organically work. If we've never worked together before, I hope that you have a presentation that you can focus on. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm better focused on if you show up with a thing that you always do. Here's a talk that I have to give, the presentation I do. That's a lot easier to look at than Whenever I speak, I always do this. That doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> Is that helping me out at all? Yeah, Is that helping? Oh, um, my goodness. People say I talk too slow. Okay. Like, what? <laughs> talk faster. Like, that's an easy one. Yeah. The yeah. answer is in the question. Yeah. So I, I ask people to bring a thing they're working on, and then we work on that thing. And it's either these days presentations or people that want to develop their communication skills. Maybe yes. they've got a conflict at work they need to communicate through. And so then we'll role play and we'll practice through that. And they get a safe space to try out the stuff. And a lot of times it's just people needing to get it out. And they'll be like, okay, here's the impact that made. Okay. okay. <laughs> Do you need this person to be your friend after? Because if so, we'll reframe. Yeah, we need to redo <laughs> this. <laughs> I hate so you. We, it's a lot of that. Or, you know, I'll work with people on interviews because a lot of us are looking for new jobs right yes, now. Yes, right now. Yes, so you're a lot on. of a lot of interview prep as well. Yes. Which is the same thing. Yeah. So it's cool that you're working with individuals who are yeah. maybe interview, and then you work with groups of people who are in a business. And yeah. So why are people in business? I'm curious. Mm. I'm prepare you for this at all. Sure. Um, so why are these business people, are they people owning these businesses when you talk to their employees to be better on like huh. their calls or I don't know, you like on the lawyers or like what, what, who are you usually with? I, so I usually work with people who are managers of other people. Yeah. And yeah. what they're realizing is that if they want to go to a next step in their career, either they're a director wanting to go to a senior vice president, gotcha. or if they're like a manager wanting a director, okay. they realize that they need to communicate better. Yeah. And yeah. that is just one of the number one indicators of, of success that I've seen is yeah. if you can communicate and speak to people, you'll, you can move forward. Gotcha. I, the older I get, the more I realize it doesn't matter how smart you, knowledgeable you are, if you know the thing, if you can't get other people to go with you, it doesn't matter. Yes. And that's what I think a lot of us are realizing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How's it been with uh, individuals looking to find new jobs and all that? Have it, has that been okay? It's been okay. Yeah. And I have a lot of faith in all of them. It is such a weird time to be doing anything. Yes, it is. I think you could ask me, like, what is it like when you talk to people going grocery shopping? I'm like, it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's really scary and weird. (laughs) And I think anything we're doing right now has this general malaise of sadness and anxiety and stress and unknowing. So the first part is always, like, how are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, no, but really, like, how how are you? And let's get that out first. And then we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a lot of adaptability training, which is another training I've led, like how to how to communicate with adaptability. Oh my gosh! You, you think about a Zoom call. What if the volume just breaks? Like, oh, what if yeah. what if someone breaks into your Zoom call and does horrible stuff on I've your screen? Heard that yeah. What if Zoom just doesn't work? Which it didn't this week. There was one day where it just didn't work in North Carolina. Oh my gosh! Now, uh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, what do we do? What, am I supposed to pick up a phone and call them? Like, yes, that's the answer. But th- what if the technology fails me? Part of why, and we were talking about this a, b- a bit before, why I'm so low-tech, and I think you are as well, mm. is that I've been by technology before, and it hurt me deeply. Yes. And so now I'm just like, nope, we'll use a flip chart. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you in the room. Oh, my gosh. Otherwise, it's just me. And so it's just me and a flip chart and, like, people with, like, scratch paper taking notes and that's about as high tech as I prefer to get. Yes. If some reason I'm required to have a PowerPoint, I will do it kicking and screaming. Oh my gosh. And I'll turn it off a lot. <laughs> just throw it around. Yeah, I'll just put it on a black screen. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> you look at screens all day. Let's yes. hang out with each other. It's that's... a luxury to get to hang out at work. And a lot of the stuff that I do when I can do things in person is taking like four to five hours of someone's work day. And if I get time with you, like, do you want to keep looking at a screen? What if this was a weird meditative experience where you don't have to look at a screen right now? Yes. You just have to talk to each other. Yes. Wouldn't that be nice? So I try to do that instead. 
yo, absolutely. That's why I'm glad I'm here with you. <laughs> right. You know, because I was like, we could do it. I was like, no. Yeah. I, Another Zoom call. So effective if we just agreed talk in person. For sure. Know, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, geez, we're going down to the end. I'm so sad. <laughs> I do have one more that was lingering, and I'm going to go ahead right. and ask it because this happens to me. When you use your, when kind of when you lose your, I guess train of thought. Yes. Mid speech. Mm-hmm. I see it happen to comedians. I've seen it happen yes. to just people just in normal conversations, speech, people giving speeches. Is there any way to oh, effectively come back from that? Do you, oh, yeah. without, as too awkward? Without being too awkward? Yes. It's a high bar, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my work stems in, so you messed up. Now what? <laughs> For sure. The, my favorite is one that we mentioned earlier, which is where you take a quick pause you know, you're talking, you're talking, and you realize, like, oh, I I don't know what I'm talking about. You take a quick pause and a breath, sort of look around like you know what you're doing, and then if it comes back to you, follow it. And whatever comes to you is what you follow. Meaning, if you forget your immediate next point, but you know your next one, like, four points on, go to that. And then circle back to the thing that you meant to say at the end. Yes. And truly, one of two things is happening Either everyone knows you forgot your place and they love you anyway. Yes. Or no one knows and they won't know unless you tell them. Exactly. I've heard that a ton. Yes. I, mean, I messed up. It was like, where? Yeah. Where'd like, you mess up? Right. Because we're so critical of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And so the first is that if they don't, if no one's like rustling or looking awkward back at you, just carry on. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. The other, my specific tool is that I have people ask the audience questions. And sometimes if you think of like the big keynote speeches or whatever, it might seem weird or out of character. Or if you're presenting to your boss and like their bosses, it might seem weird. Mm-hmm. I say do it anyway, but live your life. And the, the idea is that if you get lost, remember what you just talked about. Say, okay, I covered this, this, and this. Are there any questions on that so far? Oh, then, that's smart. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then the other thing to remember is that it takes the human brain approximately seven seconds to come up with a question it didn't have before. Yes. So you're going to say, I've covered this, this, and this. Are there any questions so far? Is there anything I need to cover that you need to know more about? Yes. And then you have to breathe and count in your head for seven. And if no one says anything, okay. Hopefully by then you will have remembered. Yes. Absolutely. Hopefully. Or you've come up with something. Yes. And then the the third is the review preview, which is again, okay, so we've talked about this, this, and this. Now we're going to talk about this. So I say either direct it back to them, ask a question, talk about what you've already talked about, or just take your pause. Yes, absolutely. And it's never as bad as you think it is. That's what another thing that I've always learned with uh, photo work, speech work, anything you do is usually your 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 own worst critic. So one hundred percent. Usually, it's never as bad as you think it is. Never as bad, and I think one of the things that really changed me is watching two different speakers uh, during a weekend long training. And one speaker, I noticed, hit everything that you're supposed to. They did all, all the right gestures. They made the right pauses. They did all the things. And no one cared. <laughs> no one was into it. <laughs> what? No one cared. And then the next day, someone who uh, was had English as a, as a second language and also stood in one spot, didn't use their hands ever, and spoke really fast, bunch of vocal fillers, had us on our feet because they were so happy about what they were talking about they loved it so much and it was so useful to us yes and i i just maintain that it doesn't it, it doesn't matter if you mess up if you drop your marker if your mic stops working the goal is to look comfortable yeah and comfortable is what communicates confidence i love that katie <laughs> this is awesome this was so fun thank you yes. for letting me geek out on that that's so cool absolutely i know you could probably go more for days but i want to discover Always. it in a it's a Broadway and sure. curious, interested in maybe hitting you up. I would love that. Absolutely. Because it's something that I'm probably going to do, honestly. Please. I need to, if, if for heaven, because I want to pursue the podcast game and I want to be able yes. to get better, you yeah. know, I, you know, I stumble over some things and kind of lose my thoughts when I'm speaking. Yeah, so, um, I think that's amazing. I want people to hit you up. So, you. what is uh, your social media? Where can we find you? Yeah. So, my Instagram is super Marsh. And yes. it is personal, professional, so you will see like a lot of cat pictures, but also when I am doing workshops. So, Super K Marsh on Instagram. Uh, my website is 
creativemachineconsulting.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find my email through that website as well. Yes, I'm going to link your TED Talk as well. Thank you. On YouTube. Oh, man. You know, Good. Link Super to vintage. See. Yes, absolutely. But this has been phenomenal. Thank you so much. I'm going to slow down when I talk. <laughs> what would Barack do? <laughs> what would Barack? That's just how I live my life. Barack and Katie. What, what would Katie be saying to me right now? <laughs> Calm down. You're like, good. You're Take fine. a breath. Everyone likes you. We're yes. all on your team. Jesus. Well, I'm happy you're yeah. a part of the Dan White Show. Thank you so much. Journey. I would love to have you back one day. Happy talk to. about something else that yeah. you might be interested in. Because I think you're, you're, you're just great. Thank you. Full energy and wonderful. So fun. Thank you yes, for coming out. Absolutely. And for our sponsor, Drink High, Drink High Brew Coffee. It's amazing. Best thing in the world. Use the code DBREWTWEEN to get 10% off your purchase. Ah, cool. Well, thank you, Katie, again. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Everyone listening, much love. Follow us on social media so I can feed myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe, review, all that stuff. <laughs> Bye. Bye.